Eye to Eye Sports. This is Dorm Room Sports Talk. Eye to Eye Sports, we're back. Dorm Room Sports Talk, Episode 8. Yeah, what were we doing? We were sweating our balls off. We were cheering for Emerson Basketball. And now we're here, ready to do our podcast. Let's get into it. T, what's on the board? All right, well, we're going to start off with uh, the college football playoff. Alabama got in despite not being a conference champion. Um, and Ohio State did not, even though they were the champions of Big Ten. However, they had two losses. Also, how does Oklahoma fare against an SEC team? Then we go to the NBA. We talk about KG taking on that bad man mentality. He's been ejected three times this year, uh, once in all of his other previous seasons before. Um should he go back to his old self? What does he look like now? The Cavs are back to being the Cavs on a 12-game win streak. They are coming for the top of the East. And what are the Rockets' chances of winning the West? Uh, will the Warriors finally be dethroned? Uh, then we talk about a MLB winter meetings preview, uh, potential free agent destinations, and what Otani may do, as well as Stanton. Um, then if we got time, we're going to throw in the World Cup. Uh, and then we talk about the NFL. The Bengals-Steelers rivalry is becoming dangerous. It's not even football anymore. We'll discuss that rivalry. Also, we'll talk about the suspensions um, and how the NFL needs to be a little bit more consistent on that, I would say. Um, and then we finish up with our picks for the week in the NFL. All right, so let's start off with the college football playoff. Uh, top four, Clemson number one, Oklahoma number two, Georgia three, and uh, – Bama sitting at number four, which is rare for them. However, they have one loss, but they were not a conference championship. And Ohio State was left out of the top four despite winning the Big Ten. Uh, so, guys, what are your thoughts on a non-conference champion being in the in the playoff? I mean, I think they got it right. Um, they've Tim, said, Tim, your voice sounds a little raspy. Yeah, I got a little wild at the basketball game. Apologies. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what happened. Fan uh, of the year right here. All right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they've they've set a precedent in the past. You know, teams with one loss and without a conference championship, they have precedent over teams with two losses and a conference championship. That's all right with me. That's the that's the decision they've made, and as long as they stay consistent with it, which they have, I'm all right with it. However, they um they said that essentially before this conference championship weekend, Ohio State, Alabama, they were neck and neck. However, that was just an outright lie because essentially Alabama moved up in the rankings, if that's true, for sitting on their couch while Ohio State actually won a game. Tyler, what do you think? Uh, I think the committee definitely got it right. Let's ignore the fact that Ohio State has two losses. Let's just throw away the loss that they had to Oklahoma because Oklahoma's a good team. They're in the playoffs. Alabama's one loss to Auburn. They finished seventh. Ohio State's other loss was to Iowa. They gave up 55 points to a team that's not in the top 25. If you're giving up that many points and losing to a team that's not good, you don't deserve to be in the playoff. Uh, yeah, I, I agree they got it right. Obviously, it's a little you know, uh, difficult to handle that Nick Saban was eating chips on his couch all weekend while you know, Ohio State is going out getting dubs. But you know, I said it last podcast. I said no two-loss team has ever made it, and I don't think it's going to happen for a while unless you know there's a there's a a lot of teams that finish in the in the top like ten with two losses. So you know a two-loss team for a while it's not going to happen. They're not going to make it, even though they got that that big win. Uh, 
you know. Also, it's I think what it's, it is, I think know? it's just hard to keep Alabama out of the top four, regardless. It really is because, at this point. And I I know this is gonna sound, but it's hard to ignore the fact that we're gonna have a national championship rematch between Clemson and Alabama in the in the what is it? First or, round. Yeah. In the first round of the college football playoff. That's going to be an Semi-final. exciting game. Yeah. And to me, it's it's a little bit more exciting than having Ohio State in there. Um, but like Tim mentioned, Ohio State made it a, f- a couple years back um, without a conference uh, championship. But well, they only they, had one, one loss, loss as well. Yeah. Exactly. Penn that's... State had two losses and was left out as well. So that's the precedent that's being set. Now let's talk about um, these two matchups. Uh Clemson, Alabama, it's going to be a dogfight. Two great defenses. It's going to come down to which quarterback I think performs better. And then in the Oklahoma-Georgia game, I I don't know who's going to win that one. To me, it's a toss-up. I don't know what both of those teams are, except Baker Mayfield is a beast. Um, So talk to me about those matchups. All right, so I guess I'll go first. As far as Clemson, Alabama, we got national championship rematch the last two years. This is a toss-up. This can go either way. These teams have faced off a lot. There are going to be no secrets. I think Dabo Sweeney may be the best coach in the country, and that includes Nick Saban. He's a winner, and the Clemson defense is underrated. Eighth in the country, playing a tough ACC schedule. You know, a lot of high-scoring teams in the ACC. I think Clemson's going to come out of that with a victory. And as far as Georgia and Oklahoma... Two words, Baker Mayfield, Heisman winner. Him and Lincoln Riley have a month to prepare. They'll be fine against Georgia. Um, I'm picking Alabama for the Alabama versus Clemson game simply because, um, you know, Jalen Hurts has been here before. Clemson doesn't have Deshaun Watson anymore. And, you know, Jalen Hurts has been has not been the best passer this year for sure, uh, but he does not make mistakes. He only has one interception on the season. Um, you know, I like Kelly Bryant, but at the same time, this is a better coach team. This is a better defense, and I look for Jalen Hurts to have a big game. I'm going to have to agree with Ty here. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've got uh, Clemson and uh, obviously Baker Mayfield leading that, that train. Um, I just think, you know, Baker Mayfield is, is the best player in college football, best quarterback, you know, in college football, and yeah. I, um, I agree, Baker Mayfield, he, he's a beast. But just going back to that Alabama-Clemson game, the, uh, the Sugar Bowl there, I'm going to disagree with Ty. I don't think that Dabo Swinney is the the best coach in college football. I think that's uh, – I think we're underestimating how, how outrageous that of a take that is. Saban – I don't think Saban that's outrageous has, at all. I think Clemson's been there the last okay. three years. Saban's been He's there the past Saban 10 is, years. Saban like, is undeniably He's the best coach as good, as good as a coach is Nick Saban. No, what, he's he's what, what Dabo Sweeney has done to turn thing. around that Clemson program is incredible. Don't forget the year that they lost to Alabama in the national championship, they beat number one Oklahoma in the bowl game. Yeah, but they didn't win the national championship. Exactly. They I, weren't number one you if know, they didn't I, I win think, at all. I yeah. think, Tyler, uh, I, I just think Alabama's just not as good this year. I, I don't, trust, Jay, I don't I, trust Jalen Hurts. T- talent-wise, they're not what they were last year. It, it doesn't make sense to me how Nick Saban can recruit every guy in the country but can't have a quarterback. It makes no sense. He Jalen doesn't Hurts, need a quarterback. It's been Jalen, working well for him, though. Jalen Hurts is a fine quarterback. I just don't think he has enough to go up against Clemson. The, oh, yeah. the one I thing I will say about that game is I think Clemson by far right now is the best team in football if you look at their resume. They've beaten all. They've beaten a ton of top 25 teams in the opening stretch. They were playing ranked teams 
teams left and right, beating them consistently. They just absolutely demolished Miami in the ACC championship game. It was easy for them. That's why I think they're better. Bama, although their only loss was to Auburn, they did not have a great schedule, if you look at it. Their schedule is not that tough. Um, So I'm not sure how battle-tested this team is. However, they are Alabama. Um, Regarding the Oklahoma game, Big 12 team versus SEC team. Big difference in those conferences. Big 12 teams typically put up a ton of points. SEC, more defensive-style conference. Uh, how I'm not sure how Oklahoma will fare against an SEC defense, but with the preparation time, uh, I believe Baker Mayfield um, in Oklahoma will, and the Sooners will uh, be victorious in that game. I agree. I mean, Baker Mayfield, if he doesn't win this Heisman, I think that's a downright robbery. He's been borderline <laughs> unstoppable here um, in down the stretch for Oklahoma. I think he had one or two bad games, but overall he's been on his game and dominant uh, this whole season. If you can keep that up, obviously they're going to have a tremendous chance to win. Um, Georgia, I don't know. They really haven't impressed me this year. That, that could just be me, but they – they, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with Oklahoma. How does a top four team in the country doesn't impress Tim? Well, I, I well, don't think they don't impress me as much as Oklahoma. Georgia, Georgia, only two schools have scored more uh, than twenty points on Georgia this year. But Baker Mayfield is about to put up a lot of points. Baker that, Mayfield's the best player in the country. He's the right best now. player in the country. Give him a month to prepare; he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. He's so, just an absolute baller. With a lot of good teams this year. Um, there was really a lot that could happen going into the last week. So, what do you guys think about an expansion of the playoff? Um, because, I mean, there were a lot of teams that probably should have been in there, but um, just were barely missed it. So what do you think about an expansion? I'm definitely a big fan of an eight-team playoff. You'll have your five Power Five conference winners. I like the idea of the next, you know, the non-five, mid, the non-five power conferences, the best mid-major getting an automatic berth. They can prove themselves. The issue I find with it is – Another game is more money for the NCAA, for TV deals, tickets, and more money for the schools. How can you get away with making more money without pay- paying the players? I, I think that expansion is absolutely going to come. However, I don't, I'm, I don't see these debates ending, honestly, because every single year, someone once we expand to eight, there's going to be a ninth team that people are like, oh, they should have made it. And it's, I agree, yeah. Honestly, I, I, they'll never have a perfect you know, system. Because yeah. with this few games, I, I don't see it. And look this many NCAA conferences. Bas- look at the NCAA basketball tournament. There's 65th and 66th teams that yeah, can that play. Don't get but, in. Yeah, don't but get basketball's in. not nearly as grueling a game as no, football I, is. I, no, I agree. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, my bad. I'm just right, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think it has a, I think it has in a the mood huge for yelling demand. At people. Of course. Um, I think right now, especially with, with Ohio State, it, it has a huge demand. Um, obviously, Ty has a great format. The, the five power conference teams, five of them get in, and then the next three that the committee would pick, I, I guess based on record. Throw in the worst, the best mid-major school, like a UCF. Okay, yeah. Uh, then UCF would you be know, demolished. There's a huge demand for it right now. Uh, I don't think it'll come next season. Maybe, I don't know, 20, 2020, I think, is when they'll – that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Look how so. long it took them to change the BCS system to make it a playoff. This yeah. is going to take a while to yeah. figure out. Absolutely. Well, it should definitely be an ex- exciting couple games when we finally get there. Yeah. It's coming, though. The it's gap's coming. ridiculous. It's coming. All right, uh, let's move to the NBA. 
Uh, so KD, when he moved to the Warriors, eh, a lot of people were kind of pissed at him. Uh, he's kind of taken – I, I think he's kind of enjoyed the bad man mentality. You see it a lot more. He shows a lot more emotion. He's a lot more in guys' face. And this year he's been ejected three times. His recent ejection, uh, he went out with DeMarcus um, cousin. So that's no difference for him. Uh, what do you guys think about this, I guess, new style KD? Do you like it? Should he change? Should he go back? Um, I, I never saw him as becoming this kind of player because of, you know, how humble he was in Oklahoma City. So this is surprising, no doubt. But it's entertaining. Like, I really enjoy watching him play, watching him getting in the How face. can you watch him play if he's ejected? Well, no, 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 no. no. I love watching. He plays with so much more passion than because he, he's out to prove something. Like, he's out to prove... That he can win on a team. It obviously bothered him, all the talk that was, you know, on Twitter about him, and that obviously bothered him, so he's... Stop whining. Grow up. No, well, that's what he's doing. He's not whining. He's just turning it into motivation, and it's great. These aren't DeMarcus Cousins' tough guy ejections. These are him being a baby ejections. <laughs> he's not... A, he's, I don't think he's, the, he's trying to be the bad guy. I think that he's complaining about not getting calls and whining all the time. Well, Except, he's in people's faces more this season, I would say, yeah, than I, any of his previous seasons. But I don't think he's tough. Like he and Russell are not. Yeah, he, I think he, he's went, he went face-to-face with Russ. That was awesome, though. You know, it was it was good TV, but yeah. Katie, Russ is, has... That was like the intensity is is, zero. It's not even close. No, it's not even close. I agree with Dylan. I wrote in my notes. Stop whining. You know, you're sitting here, and the end of the game when the game is not in the balance, just sitting here yelling at refs, yelling at people. You're supposed to be the second best player in the world. We need you on the court. Stop complaining. Stop whining. This is not kindergarten. I think he's one of the him and Dwight Howard. I think are the two biggest fake tough guys in the league. I, he's playing I like part. I like Dwight. I think Howard. that's Dwight's like pretty that's tough. like pick a name out of mid air. No, just Dwight, say no, come no, no, no. Dwight, Dwight is soft. KG, that come. was soft. Hey, Dwight, Dwight took a picture with that, me. All right, Leave Dwight the guy is alone. so. Bring yeah, Kevin Durant to Emerson. He's a good actor. Dwight ask, is soft. Ask Kobe if Dwight Howard's soft. Yeah, see exactly. What he has to say. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the Cavs. Oh my God. Ooh, that's bad. That's really bad. That that's for yelling. That's for yelling at the game. That's for yelling at the game. That's what that is. Tristan has been sent back down to high school podcast. Ah, <laughs> come on. All right, Cavs are on a 12-game win streak. Uh, they're back. Um, so what do you guys think about the Celtics' chances of holding on to this number one seed? I think that. Um, Why is, is that the question? That's what I think it should That's be. The, qu- the okay. question should be about the Cavs, yeah, the- not about the Celtics. <laughs> no, but saying, when you ask a question about you know how well they're going to do this year, the Celtics right, have a lot to do, are going to be in the way. All right, I'll, All right, I'll take this one. How can you talk about the Cavs' chances for the East without talking about the Celtics? I agree. Um, they're a legitimate problem. This is the dumbest argument we've ever had. Um, but anyway, I saw this coming. I'm right. Um, the LeBron. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah guys, guys, everyone else saw big, coming. Big too. round Let's of applause. For Just Tim. needed to take a moment. Hot take. Let Tim everyone thinks know. LeBron and the Cavs are going to be good. LeBron <laughs> is always good. Okay, Celtics. That it happened last year with a much worse team. They had the one spot. The way it happens is they play. The Cavaliers play sloppy. Celtics are on top of their game right now. Cavaliers are also on top of their game right now. Are they going to be able to keep this going? Like in January or in March? Probably not. They're probably going to slow down a little bit to both teams. However, Cavaliers always let a little bit loose, you know, all that. Celtics' thing is that they go out there and they play every night. I think that I, – I actually believe that the Celtics will have the one seed again um, for that reason alone. I just want to talk – I think we're underestimating and we 
don't appreciate the greatness of LeBron enough. LeBron is having the best year of his career. He's putting up 28 points a night, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 42% from three. The man is a beast. He doesn't get enough recognition. He has a higher three-point percentage. He has a higher three-point percentage than Steph. The man's man's a beast. He's carrying this team. Yeah. The Cavs are going to the finals. I guarantee you 100% they're going to the finals. The Celtics might win one or two games in the conference finals, but there's no stopping LeBron. It's improvement from when last year. Dwayne Wade off the bench has been averaging like 16 points a game during this streak. Isaiah's going to come back, and Isaiah's going to have uh, some revenge to get against this team. Very quietly, Dwayne Wade could be the sixth man of the year. There's, yeah. two, there's two keys. In, well, you yeah. know, I'll give, I'll give it three, actually, because you make a great, great point. Dwayne Wade has been great off the bench. He's, he's embracing this role that he has to play with uh, the ego that J.R. Smith has. But how about Kevin Love? <laughs> how about Kevin Love? Yeah. The guy is shooting 50, 40, 90 from the free throw in this stretch. He's really been coming up clutch. And obviously LeBron is, is just a beast. This team has so much talent. Rose is coming back. What do you do with Rose? How do you handle those minutes? Isaiah. And then Isaiah. Yeah, they're yep. missing their second or third best player in Isaiah, and they're still balling. Yeah. Well, I mean, when Jeff Green is your eighth man, a starting quality player is your eighth man, I think you have enough guys that I you don't can, think sur- Jeff you can survive a one injury. Player. All right, we're uh, not going to we're not going to debate Jeff Green, but I'm because I, lo- I love Jeff Green. Some stats here about the defense. Before their 12 game win streak, they're giving up 115 points per 100 possessions. It's down to 100 points in 100 possessions. This team does not give up threes. They really don't. Their perimeter defense has really upped the I'm stats. Sure. The defense and LeBron are fueling this run, and that's not going to change. Probably not. I think LeBron James may actually win MVP, even though he probably could have won it almost every year of his career. For sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the West. Um, we are talking about KD. Uh, the Warriors, they don't seem as impossible to defeat this year as before. I don't know why. They just don't give me that vibe anymore. Uh, the Rockets are... A high-scoring team. D'Antoni's got them playing, and they're not scared of anybody. Uh, so what are the Rockets' chances at winning the West and the Warriors' chances of being dethroned from the West? This question is foolish, <laughs> uh, quite frankly. Just like, will the Cavs be back so many weeks ago when I was right? Um, I'm going to be right on this one. No, the Warriors are not to be dethroned. I mean, you have Steph Curry, who's hurt right now. That's an issue. You have Kevin Durant, who's, like you said, should be the second best player in the world right now. You have Clay Thompson, who has knocked down threes. All right, we know their roster. <laughs> All right. Um, they're very good. The Rockets are not as good. Sorry. Hope that was brief enough. Um, Dylan, what do you have? Uh, this is going to be an even longer rant. Um, I, 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 I think that Kevin Durant is going to be the deciding factor here, but if you look at uh, a couple years ago when you had – uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook almost take down the Warriors in the conference finals. They had a 3-1 lead. I think that Paul and Harden could be almost, if not as good, as Westbrook and Durant. And the team around and the coach around Paul and Harden is much better than what the Thunder had. So I think that the Rockets are a better team than teams that have, that have challenged the Warriors in the past. But with Kevin Durant being added to that team that the Thunder took on those years ago, I don't think there's any way that you could stop them in a seven-game series. As far as the Rockets go, I give them a 50-50 chance. James Harden's been a beast, scoring 32 points a night. And also, don't forget, Chris Paul has only played a handful of games. They haven't had a full, you know, healthy Chris Paul for a bunch of the season. The reason I say 50-50, it's hard for me to believe that someone's going to beat the defending champs four times in two weeks. That's That just seems off to me. I think a team with Durant and Curry is poised to go to the finals again. 
The one the one thing I will say, I think the Warriors are vulnerable. They've been hurt a lot this year. Um, so if they go into the playoffs with injuries, uh, that leaves them much more open to be to be taken down by a team like the Rockets or when the Spurs get Kawhi back. I think the Rockets are definitely – if there was a team in the West that could beat them, I would either say the Rockets or the, the Thunder just because obviously that star power from, from OKC, you can't count them out in, in a playoff uh, series. But the Rockets shoot and shoot and shoot, and they shoot threes, they run, and they shoot threes, and that's just what they do. Uh, in November, they shot 40% through, uh, uh, from three. That's that's amazing. And, you know, with Harden, with a guy like Eric Gordon off the bench, Chris Paul, I mean, I, I think they have a good roster. They play the style that can beat the Warriors, but I don't know. I can't see it happening. I mean, if bar injury, I mean, I, I don't know. Johnny, you are sleeping so hard on Kawhi Leonard that you're in a coma. You didn't, you didn't name the Spurs in that conversation. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt in that series last year, the Spurs might have had a shot of taking down the Warriors. I mean, half their players are over 35. Before, so. before Kawhi got hurt, they had a 20-point lead. And then in Zaza one, went out game. and assassinated him. And, <laughs> and then the Warriors came back. All I'm saying, okay, the, they, the Spurs don't have Kawhi right now, and they're a top-five team. With Kawhi, they could beat the Warriors. That's not an f- unfair thing to say. I, I one player cannot see, beat the Warriors. I want to see an exciting play. Play. That's what I'm saying, though. The Spurs without Kawhi are a great team. And with Kawhi, they're even that much better. The, Greg I wouldn't Popovich, call them a great team without net, Kawhi. They're like seventeen and five. Look, if this if this yeah, death injury of, if this death in terms injury of a seven legit, game in terms of like a seven game series, I just do not see not without Kawhi, they can't beat the Warriors. But with Greg Popovich and Kawhi and the rest of this team they've got, they have a shot. Maybe. I'm looking for a we'll shake see. up in the finals this year. I, I don't it's know about you happen. guys. It's I'm looking for happen. a shake up. I'm, I'm I wish I'm, it hope, I'm fed I'm up. Hopeful. If I had to I'm bet money, any amount hope. of money, I'd bet Warriors Cavs. Okay, I'll oh. Well, yeah. I thought you were gonna say Spurs. All right, let's let's move on, guys. Um, so it is December, uh, but we have winter meetings coming up for the MLB. Uh, Otani from J- uh, the Japanese player um, looks I think to be that's a, a unique story. A big free agent uh, target for many teams. Already ruled out the Red Sox, Yankees, most of the big ball clubs. Um, Galen, give us your take on Otani. Um, what potential destinations do you see him having, and do you think he can be a pitcher and a hitter in the MLB? Yeah, Tristan, I think he can be a pitcher and a hitter. I feel like he's going to land at an NL, at a, on, um, excuse me, he's going to go to an NL club that will give him the opportunity to pitch and hit. And I have a feeling that given how he wants to be on the West Coast and not be in, say, as big a market as New York or Boston, he'll possibly end up with the San Francisco Giants. Um, I have a question for you, Galen. Sure. If you say you think he can be a pitcher and a hitter, do you think if he goes to an American League team, um, he will like pitch one day and then hit three days when he's off and then pitch again? Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's certainly possible, but then again, it depends on how Otani feels. If Otani's up for it, then yeah, I'd say go for it. But if not, then first they'd have to see if he's better at pitching or hitting. Right. And if he's say if he's good enough for both, then you'd have to see – um, he'd you'd have to manage his workload, but say if he's like a better hitter than a pitcher, then I'd suggest um for whoever acquires him to just stick with him like as a hitter, whether it be first base or in the outfield, or depending on what other position he plays. It seems like he's really focused on doing both, um, mm-hmm. which is something I could be that could be really unique, um, for baseball. It could be really cool to see. Um, so Galen, now talk to me about um other 
potential free agents, um, Hosmer and J.D. Martinez, where do you think they'll end up? Well, I got a feeling with the way Hosmer and Martinez are asking for a lot of money, I've got a feeling that they're going to stay put. Hosmer's staying back in KC for six years, $125 million, and then I got J.D. Martinez staying in the desert at, say, six years and $150 million. Although he wants $200 million, like what Scott Boris has claimed um, through press conferences, I feel like he won't exactly reach 150 But then again, with when it comes to Dave Dombrowski, I definitely wouldn't rule out um, that he makes a move at Martinez, even though he's gone on record by saying that they're not exactly looking for a fourth outfielder. But then again, with Dombrowski, he's a wild card. I would just say as far as Hosmer and J.D. Martinez – both Kansas City and Arizona don't have a ton of money, smaller market teams. It's hard for me to believe that guys, especially represented by Scott Boris, who milk every dollar out of every deal, will stay in small market places that don't necessarily have the money for their talents. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I feel like after seeing how much of a contribution Hauser's made to the organization in Kansas City – that um, they're definitely going to try um, any way they can to keep him. And also, Dayton Moore has gone on record saying that they're one of the guys that one of the, of the three free agents that they're going to be losing, um, they want to try and take Hosmer back or try and get all three. But, yeah, then again, it depends on their financial situation. With Arizona, that's it's quite a bit different, although they're not exactly, say um, – they don't exactly have a award chest the way Boston and New York does. I feel like they they'll still have enough money to re-sign Martinez, but then again, with Scott Boris, is going to be a little unlikely. So, Galen, talk to me about um, Abreu. Hmm. Uh, there have been talks about him going to the Red Sox. What do you think the chances of this are? If not, where else do you see him landing? Well, to be to be frank, I think that the that a potential. Um, deal for Abreu makes sense for both sides because Abreu he's got say I think he's got two years left on his contract and also like they say if Boston were to make a trade for him then they wouldn't have to give up any draft picks because that's what happens when they sign a free agent but then again it depends on what Chicago is asking for I know that they also went on record by saying they want an arm and a leg but um they also have um, some – they're also looking for some major league-ready talent, and I feel like Boston already has that with guys like Blake Swihart and Sam Travis, so that could possibly get a deal done because with – the thing about uh, the first base situation that Boston has, they already got some guys down in the minor leagues that are capable of playing first base like Michael Chavis and Josh Akami. But – then again, like, it depends on what Chicago is asking for. And, I mean, you can deal all three. I'd prefer that they'd keep uh, Michael Chavis and Sam Travis. But then again, it depends on um, what Boston wants to do. But also, in case the Abreu trade doesn't work or if it falls through, then I suggest they'd get Carlos Santana. Just uh, as a follow-up here, the initial report was that they were aggressively pursuing Abreu. Mm-hmm. PD, Pete Abraham on our Red Sox notebook said that the talks were only preliminary, which makes me feel like they're probably not going to go after him at such a high asking price. All The Red Sox have not that many prospects because they already traded all their prospects 
to the White Sox for Chris Sale. And we're talking about major league level talent. I don't know about you, but Blake Swihart is not going to be in my major league lineup. No. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Although I do like Sam Travis, and I think he could potentially develop into a good player. All right, thanks a lot, Galen. Also, um, before we go off, I I do agree with what um, Tyler said that Blake Swihart isn't exactly um, fit to be on a major league team, but he still has the talent, and that's why I kind of feel like that it would be wise to not give up on him just yet, but I feel like a change of scenery, scenery could definitely benefit his future. Before we, before we go off again, I'm sorry. Um, earlier in the podcast series, I said we can all agree that Stanton will be traded. Tyler said no. You are wrong. Um, <laughs> the reports are... Tim's keeping a list. The reports are that Derek Jeter would like to cut the Marlins payroll to under $50 million per year. Giancarlo Has he been Stanton's, traded yet? Giancarlo Stanton's contract alone is $23 Has he million. been traded yet? I think he's I, making he's a not, decision by the end of the week. Okay. Has he been traded yet? He has not been traded yet. So I'm not However, however I'm coming in with a hot take. Not just Stanton will be traded. Yelich will be traded too. Not even a hot take. Pretty accurate take probably. We will say mark it down. Chiefs by a million. <laughs> so I, I just billion. want to say that on his career, uh, Blake Swihart's batting 270. Mm. Speaking I mean, of predictions, shout out Tristan for Donovan Mitchell real quick to go back to the NBA. True. Well yeah, we'll done. Take that. Has we'll hit take 61 that. threes through his first 25 games, most ever by a rookie in their he, first 25 games. And shout out to everyone not named Heilman who said the Chiefs would stink. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Alex Smith still played All right. well. Well, this week. since we're talking about the Chiefs, let's move to the NFL. Um, so this Bengals-Steelers rivalry is just becoming disgusting in my eyes. I don't even know if they should play this game anymore. It's not even football. People are just trying to kill each other. Uh, and Ryan Shazier has a terrible injury. Now, that wasn't a dirty play, but Schmidt Schuster clearly came back at perfect, and it was a crackback block, I get it, but that was with intent to injure. So what do you guys think about this rivalry? What do you do about it for the NFL? Um, I think both of these teams are very poorly coached, including the Steelers. I think the Steelers are successful based on their talent. I think they're they're not a great... I don't think Tomlin has control of them. Um, after the game, Brown yelled karma after they were talking to Juju Smith about the hit on birth. That's that's messed up. And he said uh, he's going to pay the fine. So there's clearly a, t- a ton of animosity between these two teams. And this is the NFL's biggest problem. Um, and the fact that they're not coming down harder on these kind of these plays shows they're – I don't know. I just – that That game, the only word I can think to describe it is ugly. I mean – I had to turn it off. It kind was kind of like Highland. It, oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was it was hard to watch for me. Just in, they were, and this has happened so many times between the Bengals and Steelers. There's always a physical matchup between. Obviously, it's football, but a an extra physical matchup between them, and it was hard to watch. I I don't know what the NFL can do, but they need to think of something to curb this before like someone dies because that was aggressive and. Brutal. And that's possible. I, I want to. It's very possible. It's very possible. Before we talk about all these ridiculous hits, I want to talk about Ryan Shazier. That was scary the way he went down was, and his legs brutal. immediately went limp. That's the only time I can think of something like that happening. Now on to the hits. Iloka and Smith Schuster both dirty, but they were football plays. I mean, they were dirty, but it was during the game. The thing I have to say about this rivalry is. NFL players keep saying they're a brotherhood. At some point, it's on you. You know, it's no one's fault that it's not the NFL's fault with suspensions. I mean, well, it is. But 
you have to take some responsibility for yourself and your fellow players and stop hunting people's heads. I like watching physical football. I like watching guys fight. I don't like watching guys get killed. Exactly. But I like watching tough games where the guys get angry. I like seeing unnecessary roughness penalties. I like seeing guys get upset and fight. I think that the problem with football is I don't I, I I'm not a scientist, but the way the helmet works, I feel like if they weren't wearing helmets, there'd be less concussions. Oh yeah, if you yeah. don't think you're protected, you're not leading with and your head. I think that you know with these professional athletes in a heated environment such as this, they're just going to hit some guy, and they happen to be wearing these weapons on their head. I think that you need to change the way that helmets work in order to stop the brain and damage, but also just this that'll solve the problem that's happening. And obviously that's easier said than done. But I, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I know they're, they're probably saying the same thing, but I like watching the physicalness. I don't want that to go away. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to see anyone die. I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. I don't care about that junk. Yeah, Johnny's an idiot. Yeah, we get, uh, we get it. You go to Emerson. I don't care about that junk. We get it. You have a clipper. I care about what Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> said after the game. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger... <laughs> said that he does these guys don't even respect the Bengals okay let's just take that into account they this is an interdivisional rival interdivisional rivalry and they don't even respect them they say we respect Baltimore but we don't respect this team at all that's not football that's just guys you know that Smith Schuster it's a football play tie I agree with you but but to know you just hurt hurt him injured him and stand over him like that that's a little much. That, I mean, I like I like a good fight. I like chippiness, but you know, you can't go for the head. The the standing over him and the taunting is the problem. Yeah, it's the hit was bad in itself, but six inches lower, it's a clean hit. It's the standing over him when a guy is clearly hurt. Right. That's that yes. literally tells in in one sentence. I don't respect you. You know, get and Antonio Brown again said karma. It's also right. I'm He's happy that, that I just knocked the daylights out of you and you and you had to be carried off on a stretcher. Yeah. That's just not no, right. No, That's no. not how the game is supposed to be played. What I will say about Ioka, by the way, is his suspension got turned down to a fine, I believe. But if you watch him throughout that game, he was headhunting the whole time. He just happened to miss on a few hits. So I don't know if you have to look at these guys. You have to rewatch the game tape of some of these guys because in this rivalry, it's just too intense. This is something that hit on Antonio Brown was all head. There was nothing yeah. else. But Ioka was doing that the entire game. He just happened to miss his target. And on top of that, Tristan, the reason it didn't, you know, it looked bad. But Brown got right back up. Brown was not phased by that hit at all. And, you know, that's why people are, are really talking Wait, about the, the, hit, sh- the hit in the playoff game. No, and you know Brown got right back up. Yeah. He sprung up like it didn't even hurt, but it was a dirty hit. Yep. You know, and you know that's. I think I think it becomes. Sorry to cut you off, Ty. I think it becomes problematic when you start judging things on the result of them. Like I know, uh, this is gonna be a Patriots fan. Well, take, no, exactly. But I think that Gronk's hit. He just jumped on a guy. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got a concussion. I don't think that should be factored. He didn't just jump on it. Wait, wait, no. Be no, 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 no. Well, that wait, be before, before we talk about length of suspensions, my suggestion for the NFL, this needs to be like college. If you target a player in a game, you are ejected. Yep. And then we can still discuss suspensions after the fact. Because players, it's out of control. Players are making runs at each other. It's not fair. It's ridiculous. And the NFL needs to get a hold. Now, if we're moving on to talking about suspensions and lengths of suspensions, Tristan's right. Gronk should have been a two-game suspension. No. It wasn't, it wasn't a football play. The play was over, and then you go launch your shoulder into a guy's head. 
I mean, that's ridiculous. You could seriously injure a guy. Uh, he got Smith, a concussion. Um, Smith, Schuster, and Iloka, those are football plays. Smith, Schuster, his block is six inches lower. It's a legal play. The point is, if you're not making a football play like Rob Gronkowski, that was dirty, and he should be suspended more than a guy who made a football play. I agree 100% with Tyler. He should totally be suspended. That was the farthest thing from a football play. Ray Lewis called it the dirtiest play he's ever seen. Oh, oh how's exactly. murder looking? Ray yeah. Lewis. Dirty enough for you. <laughs> I, I, I want to take care of our legal things. We can't call him a murderer because he was... Because he snitched he got on people and got out of it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Lots of money. Where's the suit, Ray? It was I'm a metaphor. <laughs> I'm just saying we got legal things to protect. Yeah. No, but I, I do agree with that. Non-football hits like that by Gronk, that's just uncalled for. It should have been at least more than one game, I think. And I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, but I'm also selfish because Gronk plays less games. And I, Jets. I also Jets want to fan. discuss some of the inconsistencies. Danny Trevathan got a one-game suspension mm. for assassinating Devontae Adams on the field. I mean, this is ridiculous. There's no, really no rhyme or reason. Kiko Alonso got no games for drilling Joe Flacco when he was already <laughs> going to the ground. When, when he was already going to the ground. I watched I that play. But the point is, they analyzed it, that wasn't as bad as it looked live action. This is the NFL's biggest problem, though. Bad they, need to, they need to overreact Go to these things. Go swim with your dolphins, this, okay? If anything's going to take down the NFL, it's going to be these hits. And they, they need to overreact to every single one of them. And the fact everything is focused. No one's talking about the games. We're talking about off-field issues here right yeah. now. That's a problem for the NFL. And I want to quickly talk about the game. Marvin Lewis should be fired. Oh, I agree. 100%. I want to just say on the subject be. of suspensions, they made it a thing a couple years ago that if you like commit domestic violence, it's a six-game suspension. And after that, Josh Brown had less than that. Um, Quincy Enuma had less than that. Uh, Andrew Corliss had less than that. They got less than six-game suspensions for their separate domestic violence cases. So the NFL has absolutely no idea what they're doing when they're handing out these suspensions. No. Seemingly at random. Yes. That's something that definitely needs to be fixed, or the NFL is just going to continue to to plummet. All right, let's move into our games for this week. So, uh, boys, how'd you do last week? Two and one. One and two. Not Thank my you, best. Jets, for getting me my one. I, uh, Balling up two and one. Heilman's Jets and Case Keenum, baby. Three and oh. Case Keenum. He's three and oh. Heilman has been on Hi- fire. Been on fire. You know, we make fun of this kid every all day, every day, yep. no matter what. Inside podcast, outside podcast, doesn't matter. Just inside wait. class stats when he shows up. Stats don't lie. He's putting up Just the numbers. Just wait one class. I he's, missed one he's class. He's putting up the numbers. I'm putting up the numbers. So uh, let's get started this week. So we got a nice matchup this week. I believe this is, is this a Thursday night game? New Orleans, New Orleans Atlanta. Atlanta. Thursday we night. finally got a good Thursday night game, yep. so this will be fun. New Orleans versus Atlanta. Uh, Philly, they just got uh, beat by the Seahawks. They, Carson Wentz did not look good at all in that game. They're going up against Jared Goff in the Rams. That should be a fantastic game for both teams. Uh, good matchup between two young quarterbacks. Um, and then we got Seattle versus uh, the Jacksonville Jags. Jaguars. I'm actually not sure how much of a game this is going to be. I feel like the Seahawks are going to blow them out. But give me your give me your thoughts, fellas, starting with uh, the New Orleans-Atlanta game. Uh, I think that New Orleans is going to win. I think that they're a great team, and um, they're going to show it. That's all I got. I'm taking Atlanta. Atlanta's at home. They're now third in that division or tied for second, tied for third, whatever you want to say. After their loss last week, they got to play well to remain in the playoff hunt. They're right now not in the playoffs because of the Seattle win. They got to play well. I took Atlanta last week because I thought I saw some drive in them to try and fight for a playoff spot, and they let me down. So I'm going with the Drew Brees and the Saints. Uh, I like to disagree with Dylan. Uh, you I know, love to disagree with you. <laughs> so. I love to win matchups. <laughs> I went 2-1. and one. How'd you do? Uh, Ooh. No comment. Ouch. No Ouch. Comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Atlanta. Dylan has a right to remain silent. Because they need to win, and you know, 
I believe in Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking New Orleans. Um, I feel good about their rushing attack, and Atlanta's rush defense is 18th in the league. Not awful, but I think um, the Saints will will take advantage. Alvin, of that. can I just say Alvin Kamara is an absolute beast. Oh yeah, that guy's oh, yeah. fantastic. And Ingram's great too. Without Except for his teeth, he's he's an amazing player. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the uh, Philly Rams game. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. This is going to be exciting. I got a hot take. I think Philadelphia is the most overrated team in the league. Oh, here it they've goes. Played here one we team. go. They've played one team that is currently over 500, the, and that's the Seahawks. The and their Seahawks. two losses are against um, yeah, Kansas City and the Seahawks. Yes, yep. and Kansas City's at 500. Yep. Um, I'm going against the Eagles on this one. Oh my God. I'm going to have ridiculous. to agree with Tim. Thank you. Thank There's you. Not about the Eagles being overrated. They're but so overrated. About this game, something tells me the Rams. Rams at home. Jared Goff's kind of a beast. You know, they have Philly's got to travel cross country. Taking the Rams. I'm taking the Eagles because uh, I'm still sitting over here loving Jay Ajayi. And uh, <laughs> I love the run game. Poor there. Dolphins fan. Uh, uh, um, I, I, I love the run game. I think that they're going to bounce back. This is going to be an extremely hot take. I'm going to take the Rams this week, and then Philly goes on the road to play the Giants, and they're going to lose again. No. Oh, yeah. Wow. To the Giants? Oh, yeah. Yep. You heard to it first from Gino me. Smith. Johnny set them up to you be like two losses. You heard it first from me. How's my, Sandy, or my LA uh, Chargers thing looking? Pretty good, huh? Yeah, that would, that's that, yeah. yeah Pretty good. That's a good call. They're going to lose two in a row. They're going to you lose also to the said Giants. the Grizzlies would go eight and two. I yeah, did say that. Win some, and, uh, some. Yeah. Take that, take that <laughs> with data. <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles. Um, I love when I get the same pick as Nick. Yeah, I love it. You just it's a good sign. You just know you're going to win. It's a good um, sign. These, it's going to be a shootout. These are number three, number four uh, best offenses in oh. the league. But the difference is Philly has a top five defense. Um, I'm taking my MVP, Carson Wentz, in a win. Carson Wentz did not look so MVP-ish against uh, Seattle. That throw, though. Last week. That throw when he was going down. Did that you see that? I mean, throw. cool, lost, but like he fumbled Still. a yard from the end zone. Okay. Still. Anyways, uh, the next game we got Seattle versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville uh, looking to prove themselves. This has got to um, be a trick is, question. This is a big game for them, though. Seriously. If they want to actually be considered legit, they need to play well in this game. They can't get blown out. Um, Seattle, Jacksonville. Who you guys got? I picked against Seattle last week, so and that didn't work out. So I'm just gonna pick for them. No rhyme or reason to it. Jacksonville is gonna get blown out of the building. This is game is going to be ridiculous. Blake Bortles, sorry to say, he's not a good quarterback. He doesn't show up in big games. Not that Jacksonville really has any big games. Taking Seattle all the way. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seattle. I. I the Jaguars. My my entire uh, adult life have been. Terrible, and I'm 18, so they've always been terrible. <laughs> I'm going for the for the Titans to win this division, so I want Jacksonville to lose. Tatten up, baby, tatten up. So I'm gonna go with uh, the what Seahawks. What was that? It's You're the up. weirdest taste in teams. Okay. Tatten up, baby. Uh, <laughs> Relax, Seahawks, Johnny. The Seahawks are a really different team on the road. Jacksonville is the number one defense in the league. I look for Jacksonville to come out and win this game. What? <laughs> to really prove themselves. Nick's They're going to win, it. too. They're going to do it. Nick, wins. if you go 3-0. Oh, um, They're the best defense in the league. That means I the go Seahawks are different on the road. They've, they lost to Tennessee earlier this year against Marcus Mariota, who's having a terrible season. I'm picking Jacksonville. Tighten up. Well, Heilman's been on fire here, fellas, so uh, we'll see if, if he goes undefeated yet again. A good episode tonight. 
Uh, most of us have raspy voices and random voice cracks from that Emerson basketball game, which was a good time, so that was fun. And uh, that's all we got tonight on Dorm Room Sports Talks. We will catch you next week. Adios. Go Chargers.